Amen. We will. We never forget that. Amen. Praise God. Well, we want to look in Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. I want to share a message entitled, Love for the Brethren. Now, Colossians chapter 1. And uh, uh, while you're opening up there, uh, just a couple of announcements that you need to be aware of. Uh, if you're a member of the church, you're watching live stream, or you're here, you're offering envelopes for the new year or out in the foyer. And so if you're watching live stream, you need to come over to the church and pick them up. Also, uh, in the foyer on the uh, counter out there is our roster uh, for our annual church meeting. And so uh, if you want to grab one of them, you need to be praying about um, the different issues that we need to vote on in our annual church meeting. And then to follow up on that, remember that January the 17th, which is the third Sunday, uh, in January is our annual church meeting after the evening service. And so we need you, as a member of the church, you need to be here that evening uh, so that we can uh, form a quorum to be able to do the business of the church that we need to do to get prepared and ready for the new year. And uh, so make sure you uh, mark down those dates and, and uh, take advantage of the things that are available for you. Colossians chapter 1 Verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timotheus, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are in Colossae, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have to all the saints. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of uh, the truth of the gospel, which is come unto you as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit, as it doth also in you since the day ye heard of it, and knew the grace of God in truth. As ye also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. For this cause we also, since that day we heard it, uh, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you walk worthy uh, of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthen with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Let's pray. God, we're so thankful this morning to be able to gather together, uh, be able to have communion together, be able to sing songs of praise to our God and enjoy special music. And what a, what a privilege it is for us to have the Bible in front of us, to be able to read from it and pray over it, Lord, meditate upon it, teach it, believe it, live by it, Lord. I'm just thankful for the word of God this morning. And I pray that you just bless this service in a special way. 
We pray there might be someone watching live stream or here in the building that's never been saved and never been born again. I pray that they might trust Christ as their Savior today. May they realize just how much uh, God has offered just to be able to give our soul a life for all eternity in heaven. And so, God, I pray you'd bless the preaching this morning. May the saints of God be encouraged and challenged and build up in the faith. And, Lord, may we rejoice in this new year, this new day that you've given us to be able to live for the eternal God. And so bless us now, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Our text verse is verse 4. It says, Since we heard of your uh, faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which ye have to all the saints. So love for the brethren. We know the Apostle Paul is writing this great letter to the believers that were in Colossae. Uh, he had a real concern for them, and Paul's concerns were threefold. First of all, he was concerned that they would stand strong in the Lord. That's why in chapter 2 and verse 8, he would make this great uh, statement, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy or vain deceit, after the traditions of men and after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. And certainly the concern that I would have for believers in Christ in the days in which we live is what Paul's concern was, that we might stand strong in the Lord. These are not days to let down on our faith. These are not days to turn our back on Christ. These are days that we ought to be standing strong in the Lord. And so his concern was for their standing and strong in Christ. He was also concerned that they would understand our oneness in Christ. In chapter 3 of Colossians, chapter 3 and verse 11, he says, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian or Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. And so Paul's concern with as they might be enticed by others to draw them away from Christ, uh, they would also be tempted to realize that we are all one in the body of Christ. And so we're not to be uh, defaming one another and attacking one another, but we're to be encouraging and strengthening one another. So Paul was concerned also about how they would respond to the unsaved. In Colossians chapter 4, in verse 5, he says, Walk in wisdom towards them that are without. That's the unsaved. Walk in wisdom towards them that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. And there, may I say this, there are multitudes of people in the days in which we live that have questions that need to be answered. And so we need to be able to respond to them in a positive way and point them towards faith in Jesus Christ. So Paul had concerns for the Colossian believers, and we can see that as you uh, highlight the different passages in this great letter. Uh, he would uh, literally begin this book with a direct response to their faith. That's why our text verse says, uh, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. And so he's speaking to them in reference to their faith that they had in Christ. But he also acknowledges because of their faith in Christ that they had a great love for the brethren because he says, and of the love which you have 
to all the saints. And my goodness, how we need to allow our faith to grow and mature and be strengthened, but that also in the process of growing and being strengthened in our faith, elevate our love for the brethren uh, to be an encouragement and a help to them. Paul has three responses to their uh, faith that they had and to the love that they expressed. One of the responses is simply in verse 4, our text verse, he is responding to their demonstration of love. You know, it's one thing to say, I love you. It's another thing to do something to show that you love them. And uh, we, can, we can sit around and say we love people all we want, but if we're not going to do anything to get involved in their life or help them, uh, that, that, that's showing forth a falsehood or at least a deficit. Uh, you can't just say, I love you, and not demonstrate that. And so Paul is acknowledging, he's responding to their demonstration of love for the brethren. But he's also responding to their illustration of truth. Notice in verse 6, it says, Which is come to you, as it is in the world, and bringeth forth fruit, as it doth also in you, since the day you heard of it, and knew the grace of God in truth. And so the the... Listen, the truth of the gospel of Christ made a difference in the life of the Colossian believers. And uh, listen, when we talk about the gospel that is able to save us, it ought to impact us in a way where people can see that truth is not just relevant to the times in which we live. Truth is truth. Irregardless of the times that you live, the word of God is truth irregardless what man believes it or not. And so the truth, the illustration of the truth. And then uh, he responds to their determination of prayer. Notice in verse 9, he says, For this cause we also, since today we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So uh, he says that he did not cease to pray for them, a, a determination to pray. Uh, it is easy that when things aren't going the way we think they should go, to stop. It's a, the temptation is not to pray. Uh, when things seem like they're out of control, the temptation is, well, we, you know, I've prayed about it before and nothing's happened, so I'm not going to pray about it anymore. No, they determined, the Apostle Paul determined that irregardless of what was going on, they were going to pray. And so he, all of this revolves around the concept, not only did they have strong faith in Christ, but they had a strong love for the brethren. So let's look at these few verses here about how you, we see that demonstrated and how that is experienced in our life. First of all, notice there's spiritual maturity that is necessary. And we'll just dive right into verse 9 here. It says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. And notice the seriousness of prayer. The seriousness of prayer. Uh, prayer is not just something that we tag on in our life when, when it's convenient. Uh, prayer is not just something that we may do on our Wednesday night when we have our midweek service. Uh, we understand the seriousness of prayer is that we must, uh, Paul, as Paul said, pray without ceasing. In verse 3 of Colossians 1, he says, We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. 
And uh, it would be well for us to um, take as much time, if not more time, praying than what we do in complaining about what goes on in the world. Uh, it would be well for us to spend more time in prayer pursuing God rather than chasing the internet and YouTube and everything else trying to find out what's going on in the world. I believe we ought to be aware of what's going on in the world, but I know this, the world's not going to change if the people of God's not going to be serious about praying. And we need to pursue God and go after the Lord in prayer, being serious about praying until the answer comes through, praying until God moves. And I, listen, I, I believe that as the, they were in the upper room uh, praying, the 120 were in the upper room praying and the spirit of God fell, I believe that we can get in the spirit praying for the power of God to fall upon this place and in the world in which we live. But I'm going to tell you, it's, it's not a game. It's not playing around. I need to get serious about praying. And I, I'm really praying about some things that we could do to have extra times of prayer as a church group. And I, and I just believe, I believe this with all my heart, that if we'll get together as the people of God and pray earnestly unto the Lord, that God's going to hear us and he's going to respond to us. And so seriousness about prayer, spiritual maturity in your life, in my life, in the life of the church is not going to be experienced unless there's a seriousness about praying. But notice in our verse 9, not only this matter about praying, but it says here to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will, the knowledge of the will of God, seriousness in prayer, and then a surrender to God's will. And uh, God has a will and a plan for each and every one of our lives. And I think sometimes uh, we forget uh, just because there's a pandemic going on doesn't mean God's will has been thrown out the window. Uh, if God's not willing that any should perish, then that certainly means while COVID-19 is going on also and surrendering to the will of God. I believe God is still calling people into ministry, calling people to go out on the mission field and calling people to go out soul winning. I believe God is still calling us to get involved in ministry within the church. I believe that with all my heart. Why? Because God has a perfect plan and a perfect will for each of us. In Psalm 40, in uh, Psalm 40 and verse 8, it says, I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, he goes on, yea, thy law is within my heart. Having a delight, having a joy, having a thrill, having an excitement about doing the will of God, uh, whether, listen, it's good times or whether it's bad times, or whether you have health or you don't have health, that we delight to do the will of God. Spiritual maturity that impresses upon us a seriousness to pray. There is no way you're going to be serious about praying without getting connected to the will of God for your life. In Psalm 143, in verse 10, it carries along with this idea of delighting to do the will of God. But it says a little bit different in Psalm 143 in uh, uh, verse, well, where am I? Verse 10 says, teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God. Thy spirit is good 
lead me into the land of uprightness. Surrendering to the will of God is not just saying I delight to do the will of God, but understanding this, God needs to and will teach us his will. And uh, to teach us his will, the, the thing is based upon that he is God, he's sovereignly in control of all things, and so if he has led you to the point where you are right now, and he's directing you and growing you, maturing you, then you delight to do that will of what he's instructed you in reference to what he wants to accomplish through you. Spiritual maturity involves a seriousness about prayer and a surrender to the will of God. And I just really, I just really do believe uh, that, that COVID-19 is not a means to shut down ministry. COVID-19 is not a means to say we can no longer be involved in people's lives. COVID-19 is not to take and rob us of the joy and the excitement and the maturing in our walk with God to be able to do a ministry and impact other people. So it is a surrender to the will of God. Why would they surrender to the will of God? Because it led them to impacting other people's lives. And so spiritual maturity helped them to demonstrate the love of the brethren. Notice it also... In verse 9, it says, In the knowledge of his will and in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. In other words, having spiritual discernment. Uh, we need discernment in the days in which we live. There's so much corruption going on, I'm telling you. Uh, it, it gets downright discouraging if you're not careful. But it's just, it's alarming to me to see that during this time, how, how many people have turned her back on what they've believed for years. For years and years and years and have walked away from what they believe. And it's because they have been duped and they have been sidetracked by things that are spiritually corrupt and because they have lost their ability to have a spiritual discernment. In Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 14 tells us this, but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those by whom, uh, by reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern good and evil. The only way you can have spiritual discernment is you need to know what the Bible has to say. You need to know what the Word of God is dealing with and what it says is right and just and good. And, and listen, I, I see it all the time. And the, the people that, that once stood for scriptural things about life and conduct and all this, that, and the other now have no concern about it whatsoever. Now accept everything that comes down the pike. Uh, what's the problem? We have lost spiritual maturity because we have lost our spiritual insight to discern what is good and what is evil. And we do not determine what's good and evil based on what the trends are in our society. I don't know what 2021 is going to bring us, but I can tell you this, the evaluation of what's moral and just is going to have to be evaluated based on what God has so stated in his word. And if it doesn't line up with the word of God, then it is wrong and it is corrupt and the people of God need to stay away from it. 
We need to have spiritual discernment in these days in which we are living. So I see this matter of spiritual maturity. I see in verse 10 that they had ministry opportunities. Notice in verse 10 it says that you may walk worthy of the Lord in all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And so I see there has to be a priority that is established. Uh, he says walking worthy of the Lord. The priority isn't really, listen, the priority does, it really does not matter what the world thinks about you. The, it, listen, the priority, it really does not matter what other people think about you. What matters is what does God think about you? We, the priority in the Christian life in demonstrating and experiencing the love for the brethren is this. It, they, we, we, need to, we need to live our life in the realm of the righteousness of Christ as we live our life as an example to others. There has to be that priority that our life, our walk, our conversation, our lifestyle is that which is pleasing to the Lord. In Hebrews chapter 13, in verse 21, it says, Make you perfect in every good work to do His will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in His sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So the, prior the priority in the believer's life is that we walk worthy of Christ. And uh, we live our life in a way that is pleasing to him. Uh, you know, when you come to the end of your life and you stand before God, there's nobody else going to be standing there to pat you on the back. When you come to the end of your life and you stand before God, realize that this morning, that there's no one else that's going to be standing there and pleading your case. There is one that's going to judge you, and that's Jesus Christ. And we are going to have to give an account of our lives before him. And so what priority are you establishing in your life to be able to minister to others? Ministry opportunities. Uh, they had a love for the brethren, and so they had a walk that was worthy of the Lord, and they maintained that priority. And uh, uh, don't, listen, don't, don't allow COVID-19 to flow over into 2021 and keep you shut down from doing something for God. And uh, because God can, God can uh, bless you and move in your life. And you're, you want to be able to come to you the end of your life and hear the Lord say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And uh, so uh, priorities in our life. Notice also purpose in our life. He says not only does he say to walk worthy of the Lord... But he says, being fruitful in every good work. In verse 10, being fruitful in every good work. Uh, God wants us to be productive. I believe that. I believe that God wants us to be successful in our life, our testimony, and our Christian walk with him and impacting every, uh, others. Fruitful in every good work. We have a purpose to live our life. We have a purpose to be able to strive to accomplish what God is giving us to do. In Philippians chapter 4, in uh, verse, four, uh, verse 17, 
course, Paul talks about, I can do all things through Christ with strength. And he talks about, you know, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory and all that in Philippians. But in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 17, he says, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Uh, and certainly he's speaking to the Philippian church. And their support of him and their involvement in, in trusting God and living for the Lord, they for fulfilling the purpose of being fruitful in every good work. Uh, God wants us to be fruitful in our personal life. God wants us as a church ministry to be fruitful as we uh, impact other people's lives. We're to be fruitful. In other words, you know, the first command that God gave Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden was be what? to multiply and be fruitful. And all the way through the scriptures, you see that God's plan and God's purpose for uh, uh, Israel, God's purpose for the church and the believer in the New Testament is always that we might be fruitful. And so we have purpose in life as we fulfill the priorities in our life. And then we establish the plan of God. The plan of God. It says increasing in the knowledge of God. All this, listen, maturity, our walk, our commitments, our fruitfulness, everything in our life that we're experiencing is for the purpose of gaining knowledge of who God is. And uh, in uh, Philippians chapter 3, in verse 10, Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made uh, conformable unto his death. The goal, listen, the plan is that we come to know who God is. You, you should know God in a greater way today than you did yesterday. Uh, God should have spoken to you this morning when you were in your devotions. God should have re revealed something about himself today that he did not reveal to you yesterday. And so uh, God has a plan. The plan is this. When we establish a priority in our life, we seize a, a hold of those ministry opportunities. The purpose is fulfilled to be fruitful in every good work. And the outcome, the plan that is fulfilled, is we walk away with a deeper knowledge and understanding of who Christ is. And, and I, I'll tell you, we can't, you're not going to get it by not reading the Bible. You're not going to get it by just staying away from church. You're not going to get it by refusing to be involved in other people's lives and, and taking a hold of ministry opportunities. You're not going to be able to grow in understanding who Jesus Christ is. You, you realize this, that, that God, God knows who you are and what you're going to do before you ever do it. And oftentimes we live our life, we, we live this life of doom and gloom in the world that we live in is as if God didn't know this was going to happen. Listen, everything that has taken place in your life in 2020, God knew about it before it happened, and he knows what's going to go on in 2021. And so I need to grab a hold of the ministry opportunities that God gives me so that I can show forth the love for the brethren as I establish a priority and the purpose of God to fulfill the plan of God. A.W. Tozer said this, We can be in our day what the heroes of faith were in their day. But remember at the time 
at that time, uh, they didn't know that they were heroes. Now, oftentimes, it, it, we have the benefit of 2020 looking backwards, not year eyesight, 2020 eyesight. Looking backwards and say, boy, look what God did in their life. Boy, look, look how God moved and how God blessed in those days. Do you realize in those days, those people that God was blessing were going through every struggle that you go through? They had to face disease and sickness and all kinds of problems. They have had to overcome financial problems. They have had to overcome sufferings. They've had to overcome loneliness. They have had to overcome emotional distresses in their life. They had to go through all those things. But in the midst of those things, they did not stop worshiping the Lord and maturing in Christ and grabbing a hold of the ministry opportunities that God presented to them. And so we look back and we say, boy, man, look how strong they were. Man, they were the heroes of the faith. Wait a minute. You're the hero of the faith of 2021. So seize a hold of the ministry opportunities God will give you. So I see they had a love for the brethren because they were growing spiritually. They were spiritual maturity. They had ministry opportunities. But in verse 11, I see that they were empowered continually. And verse 11 says, Strengthen with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness. Empowered continually. Notice they had a powerful encounter to his glorious power. Uh, man, I'll tell you one thing. I often read of how the Spirit of God came down on the believers in the Scriptures and you see the power of God released, and, and I, I tell you, I'm like, I want to have that type of encounter. I want to be able to experience the power of God that makes everything different. I'm thankful to be able to encounter the power of God when I cried out to God as a sinner and needing to be saved. God's power was there to deliver me and set me free from all the bondages in my life. And I'm telling you right now, the God that sat on the throne years gone by is still on the throne today, and his power is still available today. All we have to do is remember that if we'll pursue God, surrender to God, that we can encounter his power that is a glorious power. You know, when God's power is released, man gets no credit for anything. It is God that does it. Notice not only was a powerful encounter, but it was a continuous endurance. It says, unto all, it says, unto all patience and longsuffering in verse 11. May I say this? Though that two concepts are coupled together in verse 11, I believe the glorious power of Christ uh, it, you cannot, you cannot endure with patience and long sufferings if you haven't experienced the glorious power of Christ. And so it's a powerful encounter that's an in continuous endurance. In other words, you can get out of bed today and do something for God. You can get up and you can go on for the Lord Jesus Christ irregardless of how weak you may be or how fearful you can feel that you are, you can continue on in the faith of Jesus Christ because of the power of God. It was continuous endurance. These are not days to give up 
and turn away from God. These are days of stand up for Jesus Christ and, and embrace his glorious power that gives you the ability to keep going on and keep going on and keep going on. So empowered continually. Notice there was a joyous expression. Verse 11 said, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness. That's right. That means you can smile at each other once in a while. Amen. You don't, have to, you don't have to walk around and act like a grumpy Baptist, you know. Just smile. Be happy in the Lord. You know, we can rejoice because the Lord is good. You think of all that God has done in our life. If all he did was save your soul, you have something to be happy about. I don't know about you. I was, I, there wasn't much joy in my life when I was thinking I was dying going to hell. But I'm going to tell you, when Jesus saved me, he gave me joy unspeakable and full of glory. And so a joyful expression. Hey, hey, get rid of the doom and gloom. Get rid of the sadness and the sorrow dragging the lip on the ground because there's some conspiracy coming after us. Oh, so-and-so God's going to be present. I don't know what we're going to do. I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. We're going to believe God to do something miraculous. We're going to be excited in who the Lord is. And we're going to let the power of God fall from heaven. Joyful. I like to get excited. I don't want to hurt myself, so I better go on. A.W. Tozer said this. I thought this was a great statement. Secularism, materialism, and the intrusive presence of things have put out the light in our souls and turned us into a generation of zombies. I was, I was watching, we were watching something in the commercial came on. I can't stand the commercials. These movies, these things they have out, zombies, and these people they're coming back from outer space on the earth, and there's creatures chasing and eating, they're created to eat people and all that. I'm like, no, no wonder, no wonder, no wonder we're a whacked out society. But yet we start talking about the Bible, we talk, start talking about revelation, we start talking about the demons come down the pits of hell. Oh, I don't believe that. Yeah, but you believe some zombie's going to walk down the road. <laughs> Empowered continually. Don't let this world and everything that's in this world to drain your soul of the reality of who Christ is. Spiritual maturity. They had a love for the brethren. They had ministry opportunities. Love for the brethren. They were empowered continually. Love for the brethren. But then the last thing in verse 12 through 14 is just they would redeem security. Notice in verse 12, a position of blessings. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints of light. Positioned with blessings. And so giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet. In other words, worthy of able, the opportunity to do what? 
to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Position in blessings. You're, you, you are a blessed person this morning. You're a blessed person. You say, well, I just don't feel so blessed. Yes, you are. You're a blessed person. You know why? Because when you trusted Christ as your Savior, he positioned you in Christ. He puts you in line to be a part of the inheritance of all that Jesus Christ owns and all that he is. You're positioned with blessings. Let, why don't we grab a hold of the blessings of the Lord and, and rejoice in the goodness of our God and uh, be able to re, uh, be secure in the redemption that we have through God's blessings. Not only are we positioned with blessings, but we're released from darkness. Verse 13 says, Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. I'm thankful that I don't grope in darkness anymore. We walk in the light. If we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Uh, get out of the darkness of the world, you know. Uh, allow, allow the light of Jesus Christ to shine through you. You've been released from the darkness. Listen, the devil has no hold on you. The demons of hell cannot defeat you. Uh, you realize this. The world is getting dark and is getting darker and is getting darker. But I'm walking in light. Amen. They can get as dark as they want. And as I'm walking around, there's a light shining on me. Amen. Because I've been plugged in and translated into the blessings of God. I'm a part of the, the redeemed of God. I've been saved by the blood of the Lamb. And there is the light of eternal glory that shines on me. Let the world walk in darkness. I can see where I'm going. He was like, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what you're doing. I'm just going to walk in the light. Redeemed by the blood, in verse 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even forgiveness of sins. So you've not only been redeemed and set free from the bondage in your sin, uh, of your sin, but because of the blood of Jesus Christ, each and every day as you sin, you can confess your sin, and he's faithful and just forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. I don't, ha I, don't, I don't need to be filthy. I don't need to be defiled because I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, the precious blood of Christ. You say, well, I don't understand how Paul can rejoice in these Colossian believers. He was concerned for things that were going on in their life and what they were going to experience. Oh, yeah, that's every century. Every century, we have people, the believers in Christ have had to deal with these issues. And yes, there is concern that people will get sidetracked, but Paul said they had a love for the brethren, and that love blossomed and it impacted many because of the fact they were spiritually mature, because of the fact they had grabbed a hold of ministry opportunities. And they did those ministry opportunities by being empowered by God continually. And it was experienced and fulfilled because of the fact of the redemption that they had through the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you, it doesn't get any better than that. And in 2021, come on. Amen. Come on. We're ready for 2021. You say, what, do you, what does that mean? I'm, that means we're ready for the ministry opportunities. That, that means we're ready to grow. We want to mature in the Lord. 
Uh, that, that means we want to experience the power of God being manifested upon us. That, that literally means we're going to rejoice and be excited that we've been bought with a price, price, and that price is the blood of Jesus Christ. And we're going to move ahead for the glory of God. But in the process, while we're doing that, we're going to be able to love one another. Because all those things impact you personally to be able to have a love. Well, you don't understand what so-and-so said. Well, what did you say? Stop worrying about what so-and-so said. If you have ought with your brother, then forgive him. Get it right. Don't, listen, don't, don't, don't use it as an excuse that the devil gives you to turn your back on the God who saved you. And the devil likes to do that. He likes to be able to make us, you know, always get tickled with the kids in the school. Uh, you want an education? Go in our school for a day or two. Amen. You'll get an education. But it's always amazing to me because whenever a kid gets in trouble, when you confront them about the trouble that they're in, it's always because of somebody else. And the sad thing is, is our parents get right in on top of it, on board with that thing. It's always because of somebody else. Stop worrying about somebody else. Because you gotta, you're standing before the principal. Amen, Pastor Dewana. You're standing before the principal and you've got to give an account to the principal. You don't have to give an account of what some other kid did. You have to give an account of your own self. Well, folks, I'm going to tell you, when you stand before God, you're giving an account of your own self. You don't have to give an account for anybody else. You give an account for yourself. So how are you going to love the brethren? The petty differences and foolishness that we allow ourselves to be drawn into blocks us from growing spiritually. It hinders us from seizing ministry opportunities. It cuts off the power, the lifeline of God to us to flow continually and continually. And as a result of it, we end up literally despising and forgetting the reality that we've been bought with a price in the blood of Jesus Christ. Paul said, wait a minute, I just, I, I just remember your faith that was spoken of throughout all the world. But greater than that, I remember your love for the brethren. And I think God's going to be looking at that when we stand before him. How much did you love the brethren? Amen. Let's have a love for the brethren. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be together this morning. Thank you for this new year. What an exciting time that we're living in. Uh, everything is new. Uh, Lord, each day is brand new. Uh, Lord, this is the day that the Lord has made, and we're going to rejoice and be glad at it. Lord, you've given us this life, this time in this world's history to be able to glorify our Father and to be able to love our brethren. And so, Lord, strengthen us and bless us and move upon us. I pray if there's someone that's not saved in the room here or maybe watching live stream, uh, God, may this be the day of salvation for them. Touch them, draw them to the cross. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand.